you a couple of minutes. I know we've got exciting baptism to, to follow after the service. Thank you for all that you do, not only just for us, but for all the missionaries that you invest in. You are making a difference. You're making a difference in people's lives. If you are a young lady who is over the age of 20 and you have questions about our intern program, what you do, what it is like, um, what you do when you're there, and, and all the things, uh, feel free to talk to my wife. Uh, you can talk to Ellie or myself. Um, we are excited also about the, the, the future of starting a men's intern program. Um, we want to see young people on the field. We want to give them exposure, not only to see the field. Listen, there's a lot of benefits to a missions trip, but an internship gives you an opportunity to dive in and really get immersed into the ministry. So if you're a young man and that interests you and you're over the age of 20, please come talk to me after the service. Uh, we're excited about that. Pray with us, if you will, uh, the first phase that we are looking to construct and really are, are, are praying that we can have the funds raised before we head back. Uh, we need around an additional $30,000 to be able to start uh, or complete phase one of, of the project. Uh, it already has a two-bedroom house on it that will, the property does, that will be used uh, for our first cottage. Actually, Lorna will be a house mom there. And she'll take those young, young children in and be mama to those children. She's already done that. Um, she was actually here last year, there last year while we were on our medical uh, emergency trip for Lissy. And she ran that house by herself um, along with the intern program. She's an amazing, amazing young lady. Um, but 30000 will allow us to be able to, to build additional housing um, to get staff on there. And also um, then looking towards getting the medical facilities put on there. There's a lot to do, but we serve a big God. Amen. So pray with us. God's doing some amazing things. But um, Luke chapter 5 is where we're at. And Luke 5, if we do a little history of what's going on here, and, and if we were to back up a couple of chapters, or even the next chapter to chapter 4, we would see that Jesus has started his public ministry. He has healed people. He's cast out demons from people. And he's very active in his ministry. Andrew has already seen him. And matter of fact, Peter has already seen Jesus heal his mother-in-law in parallel passages in the Gospels. They were exposed to who Jesus was. Listen, these disciples or future disciples were in the area. They had heard about this Jesus. And they had experienced, even to a point, this Jesus. And now we come to chapter 5. And Jesus is preaching to a multitude by the Sea of Galilee. And what we will see is Peter and others had come back from a long fishing trip at night and had caught nothing. Guys, and, and, if, and how many of you like to go fishing? Anybody? That is depressing when you invest that much time to go fishing and don't catch anything. Hello. 
don't mean to blow up your building already. It's, <laughs> they're, they're, it's depressing you go out fishing. And listen, yesterday our family went out to this uh, park in, uh, by Greensboro, and our, they were excited to go fishing. And I got fishing poles, and we got worms, and I got the poles all ready. And you know the only one preacher to catch a fish was Titus. He is our fisherman. He caught two fish and a turtle. The last one we weren't real happy about. Um, but he's the only one that caught any fish. When I was a, a youngster, and I was about his age, and even you know, 9, 10, my grandparents lived in Michigan, and literally out their back door, they lived literally on Lake Huron. I walked 40 feet out there with a fishing pole as, as a young boy, and I would have a blast. Some of the best memories of a child I have is I go out there, and I could cast a reel out there and, and catch fish. In Port Elizabeth, where we live, we are five minutes away from the Indian Ocean, it is not uncommon at night if we're out or we're coming back from church and you're out and you see the, the lights and just there's a glow in the sky. And it's not from a city, but it's from fishing boats that are out in the water. And there's probably a hundred of them out there. I am not a professional fisherman. I don't pretend to play one. Those people that are out there in those boats, they're professionals. Peter was a professional fisherman. That's what, listen, he owned his own business. It's what he did for a living. And for him to come back and not catch anything after a long night would have been discouraging, to say the least. You see, Peter was a hard worker. Peter was willing to do what it took to catch those fish, but he caught nothing. So Jesus, now we see here, and we'll go to verse number one in chapter five, and it says, and it came to pass that as the, the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gesenaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone and out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was whose? Simon's. And prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So here we see Jesus. And if, if we were going to title this message, it's called What Lies Beneath. You see, back in 1985, there was an old building in Poland. It was being demolished. And ahead of renovations... They found a vase. This vase was found beneath the foundation. Inside this vase were found more than 3,000 silver coins. Dating back to the 14th century. A couple years later, when another building nearby was knocked down, even more artifacts were uncovered, including lots more gold and silver coins and an array of jewelry, including a gold crown and a ring bearing the head of a dragon. It was valued at over $120 million. What a find. Do you know how many people probably had walked in that land over that amount of time and never knew right beneath their feet 
was something of that abundant value. And buildings were built over it and people had walked on it. And listen, that treasure never left until it was discovered. Many, many people probably kicked themselves saying, oh, I can't tell you how many times I went there. And I never found anything like that. It was directly beneath their feet. You see, Jesus in this passage here is preaching. And he even tries to get Peter's attention. Whose boat did he go on? He went on Peter's boat. Can you imagine the scene here? You've got all this multitude of people here. And remember, Jesus knew who Peter was. He had interactions with him. He knew him. There's nothing like the Messiah coming and jumping on your boat, up and down, jumping up and down, trying to get your attention while he's preaching to the multitude. That's called, folks, get a clue. What was Peter busy doing? Working on his nets. From the catch he never had. He was so focused on himself. Think about this. He had heard the coming Messiah. They had talked about that for thousands of years. And the Messiah was right in front of his face. Not only that, he had experienced and seen Jesus Christ do miracles already. But instead of being part of the crowd and listening, he was about his own business with his nets. We'll just have three quick points. The first point was Peter was focused on the wrong things. Everything going around and everything. And can you imagine the multitude being there? But yet he was focused on himself. He was focused on his business. They were focused on their cleaning of the nets. The effort was in getting the dirt and the filthiness out of their nets. You ever seen a sports star so focused? I, I was think of a quarterback. Any, any football fans that we have here? I miss football. Well, I've seen quarterbacks, you know, and a quarterback goes back for, to pass the ball, and you see him, he's looking downfield, he's looking downfield, and just before he throws it, he gets drilled. I mean, the man gets laid out. You could almost see the Tweety Birds going around his helmet because he just got knocked senseless. You see, the quarterback was so focused on what was downfield, he had no idea what was around him. And he paid the price. That's Peter right here. Peter's so focused on himself, on the nets, and he doesn't even take the time. The Messiah is right in front of him on his boat, jumping up and down and preaching, and he doesn't even get it. Before we get hard on Peter, how many times has God jumped on your boat? Ouch. To try to get your attention. Mm. You know what? Maybe God's jumping on our boat in our churches right now with COVID. Maybe God's jumping on our boat right now with all the chaos in our country. He's saying, wake up, church! Wake up! Time is almost out! Wake up! 
It's not about the nets. It's not about the boat. It's about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. America, wake up. How can I blame a heathen, an unsaved person for acting like they do? And you know what? We're even so focused about our rights as Americans, we forget Jesus said we have no rights. Dead men have no rights. I wish there was as much preaching about Jesus as there is about my American rights. Now listen, I'm an American and I love being an American. But I am a child of God first. You want to show the heathens, do you want to show them Jesus? Antifa and all this stuff and Black Lives Matter, listen, I've not heard of any Bible believer going and giving them the gospel or giving them a drink of water and telling them that I love you. That's what Jesus would have done, my friends. It's not going to be political organization that's going to reach America's lost. It's going to be through the church being focused on the right things. Listen, Peter was focused on the wrong thing. Number two, they were focused on the wrong catch. Verse number four says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the nets. Many of us would not have even gotten in the boat. More of us would not even want to let the nets out. And when they had, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Now listen, what was Peter doing when he came to shore? He was tending to his net. And all of a sudden now what we see here, the focus, he's on the boat, he's discouraged, he's probably like, okay, I've seen him do stuff, and then he's a teacher, we'll go out and we'll do this, but he really doesn't want to. He's tired, he's discouraged, and I'm sure he wants to go home. But he does it. He goes out there, Jesus tells him to cast out the nets. Peter has no idea what lies beneath. Do you know how many believers are so close, Pastor? They're so close to realizing what God can do through them. And they never realize what lies beneath. And they spend their whole lives playing it safe on shore. Let me tend to my nets. Let me just take care of my things. You see, listen, if you want to see God do big things in your life, you must be willing to let God do big things in your life. Are you willing? Listen, there are more qualified people to do any amount of things. Your pastor is amazing, but I'm sure he'd say, you know what? There are, there are better pastors. There are better men that could lead better than I. There are better missionaries that could lead South Africa than me. Do you know the only difference is we're willing? Right. Now, that's not to say 
you have to be a foreign missionary or pastor a church. But my friends, I guarantee you, God's called a lot more men into the ministry than what are answering the call. They're still on the shore. They're tending to their nets. Young man, daddy, don't tell me you're too old to serve the Lord. Don't tell me it's for somebody else. You should struggle. What is God calling me to do? Have you asked the question, does God want me to be a missionary? Have you asked the question, does God want me to pastor? All I hear about is there are churches all over America that can't find a preacher. It's not that God's not calling them. It's that men are not listening. We're sending our young people to all these educations and all these universities that are godless and letting them teach our young people. And we wonder why they come back liberal up here. Parents. Man. The quality of the education is not number one. The biblical character of your children is number one. For if they go to college or university and don't darken the door of a church, or worse yet, they even darken the door, but they're completely dead. Woe is me. Listen, Peter was at least willing. He went, he cast out the, the, the net. And then we know, of course, a great multitude of fish were caught. So much, can you imagine? Put yourself there. Don't look at black ink on white paper. Imagine you're in this boat. You're Peter. And all of a sudden, you see the the largest amount of fish you've ever seen before in your life. So much so that it starts to sink the boat. He calls his friends over. Help! What a problem to have. And then the boat starts to sink. You see, Peter was focused on the wrong thing, the wrong catch. Do you want to be a soul winner? Learn from Christ. Do you want to be a godly man or woman? Do you want to be, a, uh, be able to disciple others for Jesus Christ? Do you want to have a better faith? Do you want to have a godly home? Follow Jesus Christ! And even so, Pastor I see. listen, there's a lot of good men who write a lot of good books, but the book you better go to first is this book right here. It's got the answers. But yet it's easier. We'll just pick up a book that's got 11 chapters in it and think, you know what, it's got all the answers. This book's got all the answers you need. I am thankful you have a bookstore. I really am. I'm sure it's got some amazing books in it, but none is like this one. Simon reacts. Number three, they were now focused on who Jesus was. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees. And saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And again, it's easy to read that. Do you realize what that meant? That was the most reverential thing 
that Peter could have done in that time. He wasn't just grabbing onto him. He would have been close to prostrate on the ground, wrapping around because he realized for the first time what he actually was. Do you remember that time? When you realize what you were. Peter fell down on Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Depart from me, that is an expression of Peter's humility and his consciousness of how unworthy he was to even be in the presence of Jesus himself. The problem I think we have sometimes today is we've accepted Jesus Christ our Savior and we did realize that there was a time where we were completely worthless, we were lost. But then we maybe start to go to church for a little bit. Maybe we teach a Sunday school class. Maybe we start doing things though in the flesh rather than in the spirit. And we do these activities and if we're not careful, we do them in the flesh. The closer your walk comes to the Messiah, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the more humble it should drive you to be. The more unworthy it should drive us to be. Not to be haughty. Oh, I've got a great voice. Ooh, I can preach. Oh, I got this all under control. You see, we lose the humility and the unworthiness if we're not careful. We lose our reliance on Jesus Christ. Verse number nine, for he was astonished and all that were with him and the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the son of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon and Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And the last part of this, verse number 11, and listen, if you don't get anything else, if you didn't hear anything else and you were getting tired or sleepy or thinking about what you have to do, just give me two minutes. Verse number 11, it says, And when they had brought their ships to land, they what? Forsook all and? Wow. Remember, Peter was a fisherman, but he's also a businessman. He owned his own business. When you see here, they forsook all. Now listen, I'm not talking 401Ks. I'm not talking second homes and boats and nice vehicles. But I'll be honest, that can be taken away in an instant. Now listen, I'm also going to say this. If we're living for retirement, 
and the things. You ever see people and you're just amazed at what God is doing in people's lives? I look and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. God is really using that person. Or that ministry, it's just amazing. You ever ask sometimes, wow, I wonder if God could ever use me like that. It comes with a cost. Are you willing? Are you willing to forsake everything for Jesus Christ? If we were all to lose our financial stability today, or better yet, maybe we don't lose it, but we have to make a choice to leave it, to forsake it, to follow him. Are you and I willing to do that? Do you know what else Peter forsook? Those fish weren't so important anymore, were they? The miracle that Jesus did, the biggest bounty they had ever had, they left in the boat. They left the boat, they left the nets, they left the fish. What in the world would cause a man to do that? Jesus Christ. They forsook it all and followed him. Enough! I don't need these things. Can you get to the point? I don't need the cars. I don't need the retirement. I don't need the security. I don't need the money. I don't need the accolades. I don't need the business. I don't need the boat. I don't need. For if you're not at that point, you can't possibly be used like Peter was used. You can be used. But if we henpick, I want to keep this. I don't want to keep this. And I'll give God the stuff that's really not important to me. Peter owned his own business. That was his livelihood. And he gave it up. He had a wife. He had a mother-in-law. Imagine what that conversation would have been like. It's not recorded, but listen, ladies, what would you do tonight if your husband came up to you and said, I'm quitting my job, and I'm going to be a missionary overseas. Let's go. Hey, honey, God's calling me to preach, and maybe I've been fighting this for a while. I can't fight it anymore. And we're going now. Some ladies would love that, but listen, there'd be some that would hold their husbands back too. Are you willing, I'm not saying you're called, are you willing to forsake everything to follow Jesus? And listen, he did it for you. Would you want any less? from your King of kings and your Lord of lords. He gave everything. He lived it. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, it convicts us. 
it changes us, it bolds us. Oh God, please help us to think. Lord, help us to be willing to forsake everything for you and to follow you. No matter what age we are, no matter what position we hold, no matter if we can figure things out, God, help us to forsake it all. Pastor. Let's all stand tonight, if you would, please. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Folks are making their way to the altar. You know, it's a good time to come. The altar is a good thing to use. And if God's spoken to your heart tonight, why don't you just slip out and make your way down to this old-fashioned altar tonight and just seal that decision with the Lord. If you're going to be baptized tonight, if you're one of our baptismal candidates, if you'll go ahead and make your way down right now and, and uh, just our baptistry workers are in place, they'll be there to help you. And so just, just come on down. But folks are making their way to the altar tonight. Maybe we ought to have some folks this evening that come and just say, you know what, Lord, I don't know what you're calling me to, but I'm surrendering. Whatever it is, whatever it is you're calling me to, I'm surrendering. Tonight I'm yielding myself to you, to your will. Use me. However you want to use me, use me tonight. And so folks are coming, folks are coming. Listen, we're just, we're going to do this. We're going to pause for a few moments tonight. I'm going to make my way to the main floor. You know what, church? Time's not late at all. Let's don't be in a hurry tonight. Let's just let and go and let God have his way. I'm going to make my way to the main floor tonight. If we can help you, if there's a decision you need to make or, uh, or you need prayer tonight, we're here. You come right now while we wait. Could be there's somebody here tonight needs to rededicate your life to Christ. Tonight, why don't you come? Maybe you're here tonight. You say, Pastor... We're not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, but we sure want to be. You come tonight. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you do business with the Lord tonight. While we pause, just for a few moments, you come to see me.
I'm going to ask Miss Tammy to play through one more stanza tonight. I hate the altar's been busy. That's a blessing. But you know what? It could be that there's just one more here tonight, and I didn't even mention salvation tonight. You know what? It's very possible there could be somebody here tonight who would say, Preacher, if I died right now, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. And if that's you, listen. Why don't you make tonight the night of your salvation? Man, we'd love to take the Word of God and just show you from God's Word how you can know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die. And so if that's you tonight, you know, we tell our people around here all the time, if you'll take the first step, He'll help you with the second one. And God's not going to force you to get saved, but I promise you, if you'll take that first step, He'll give you the grace to come tonight, all right? And so Miss Tammy's going to play through one more stanza tonight. And if you need to come, the altar's open. You come tonight while we wait. Thank you very much. You may be seated tonight. And uh, anyway, we thank, well, wasn't that a great message tonight? Man, that was great. You know what? Church needs to be a place of challenge. We need to be challenged. We need to be challenged. We need to be more yielded to the cause of Christ. I appreciate the great message, Brother Brent. That was wonderful, wonderful. And uh, boy, didn't, didn't they do a great job singing tonight as well? It was great. We've enjoyed having the Berge family with us tonight. Now, I would say this to you. We're going to do, the church is going to do a little something for them tonight. But if you are here this evening and you've just really, the Lord has just blessed you, then as, as you're leaving tonight and you get a chance to say goodbye to them, if you want to take and just put a little something in their hand uh, tonight as you leave, I know that would help them get down the road just a little further. And I know that'd be a great blessing to them. They have a lot of mouths to feed. And so we want to make sure that, that all those uh, Little ones get fed. Amen. And uh, my wife, while we were sitting over here and they were singing, I said, oh, they are so cute. And uh, so anyway, you help them down the road. We appreciate them being a part of our missions family. And we're excited about what the Lord is doing in South Africa. And I know that the sky's the limit and we're going to hear great things. I'm, I'm already hearing great things. And we thank the Lord for his miracles. Miss Atina comes tonight. Come on up here, Miss Atina. This is Atina Kiever, and Atina's been attending the church now for quite a few months. My wife and I have had the opportunity to sit down with her and counsel with her a little bit, and, and she's, a, she's a fine young Christian lady. And, but she comes tonight, and she says, Preacher, I want to join the church. And been saved. She's been scripturally baptized. We mentioned to her about our new members class. She said, absolutely. Be more than glad to do that. And so do I hear a, a motion tonight? that we receive her into the membership of, uh, of the Calvary Baptist Church. All right, Brother Donnie, 
And Brother Mike, you want to second that motion? All right. All in favor of that, say amen. All right, Tina, God bless you. I'm going to shake your hand tonight. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to, but anyway, I'm going to shake your hand. I'm not going to make her stay up here after the service tonight, but I would say this, that after the service, find, uh, find Miss Tina and, and just uh, welcome her in to the family here at Calvary Baptist Church. And then some of you have been asking uh, about the new members class, and so we'll be, we'll be uh, mentioning that to you real, real soon. And, uh, and so we'll, we'll let you know where to come and that kind of thing and the times and all of that. Brother Brandon is going to come this time, and we're going to sing a song. Now, tonight is an exciting night in a lot of different ways. This is our first baptism service in the new, uh, in the new building, and uh, so that's exciting. And then Brother Brandon is going to baptize his first convert tonight. That's exciting. On top of that, it's going to be his own boy that he's going to baptize tonight. And, uh, and so anyway, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing a song, make sure that everybody's in place. We're ready to go. All right. So Brandon, we'll let you do a verse or two or how many ever you got. And, uh, and then after that, we're going to walk back here and we're going to baptize some new converts tonight. All right. All right. You can just remain seated for this one right here. We'll just sing the first verse, sing it from your heart. And how befitting to go right along with the message that we heard tonight on that first verse. I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith, and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer. Blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Good singing tonight. Y'all just stay tuned. Let us get in place, and we're going to baptize these folks tonight.
is Emory Hoots, and she's excited. She is our first convert baptized in the new baptistry here at Calvary Baptistry. She was excited about that, by the way. Not only that, but she got her uh, she got a brand new Bible today, a red brand new Bible, and she's excited about getting baptized tonight. That's for sure. I'm This is my buddy right here. He really is. He was excited about getting baptized tonight. So Jackson, if you receive Christ as Savior. So in obedience to the command of our Lord Master upon a public profession of your faith in him, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Bear the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection.
Well, I sure appreciate this young man. And uh, we had an exciting time some weeks ago when uh, after the service, Brian responded to the invitation, accepted Christ as Savior. We had a time after the service. It was wonderful. And, uh, and Brian has been jumping at the bit to get baptized. He wanted to be baptized. Uh, and then we've had some issues with this pandemic. And so we're glad that we're finally able to baptize Brian tonight. Brian, if you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. So in obedience to the command of our Lord Master upon a public profession of your faith in Him, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Bear the likeness of his death, and raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. Let me tell you a little story real quick. We made a memory, that's for sure. So we came over here uh, Thursday to start filling up the baptistry, experimenting with the heater and all that kind of thing. Long story short, some of the folks that had uh, manufactured the baptistry didn't get all the flanges tight. And so uh, we had quite the flood here Thursday night, all right? Uh, but praise the Lord, we had some folks here that helped us and we got it all dried up. And so we thank the Lord for that. What a blessing to go to baptize tonight. Amen. Amen. And the servant said, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. Hey, Calvary, let's go out and get another one. Amen. Let's go win somebody to Jesus Christ. Let's all stand tonight, if you would. And uh, let me just say real quickly tonight how much I appreciate so many of our folk. Appreciate our baptistry workers back here behind the scenes working. And then I want to say uh, I want to say just a public thank you to Brother Mike and Miss Angie down here in the front. They were down in Georgia this weekend with the grandbaby, but they said, Preacher, we've got to get back by Sunday night because we've got to see these folks get baptized. And they had such a big part in making sure the baptistry got finished and so much work was done back here. I mean, it's just it's incredible the amount of work that was done back here. Uh, pretty much everything that's done back here, Brother Mike built much of it, and uh, and they've been over here late at night talking and all kind of things, and so I just want to tell Brother Mike and Miss Andy how much I appreciate them. Amen. Well, listen, we're going to be dismissed in a word. I'm going to ask Brother Mike Horn. I saw Brother Mike. Brother Mike, would you come tonight, and I'm going to ask him to dismiss us in a word of prayer, and listen, Calvary, have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday night at 7.30, and be sure that you find the Burgies before you leave tonight, and let them know how much... We appreciate them being here tonight. And all of our guests, find our guests, let them know that we appreciate them. Brother Mike, if you'll pray for us tonight. Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for your mercy and grace. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Father, for this great time that you've given to us. A memorable time, an important time. I pray, Father, that you would not let it lose our memories very soon. We thank you for the word of God tonight. 
Prepare that you be with each one of us as we go home and with the virgins as they continue to travel. Give them safety on the road. Give them wisdom, where to stop and get gas, where to stop and take a break, where to spend the night. We don't take that for granted, Lord. I pray that you be with the children, keep them safe. 